This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, this is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Late last month, the Rimba Disclosure Project, or RDP, released its findings for 2021 and found that Peninsular Malaysia will see deforestation amounting to a minimum of 72,584.73 hectares in the near future, and that is almost nearly equal to the size of Singapore. Now, they base their findings off a total of 86 Environmental Impact Assessments, or EIAs, involving forested land that had been approved, 28 listings of forests for sale identified, and one project involving deforestation that was ongoing. So the group points out that deforestation would not be possible without the support of the financial industry and have called on all financial players to step up and recognise the connections between the biodiversity and climate crisis and urgently end all financial flows towards deforestation. Joining me on the show today is Amelia, a spokesperson from the Rimba Disclosure Project Group, representing them to discuss their findings and calls to action. Welcome, Amelia. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having us back on the show. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. So, um, yes, this was a uh, something that you released. It was uh, in conjunction with Earth mm-hmm. Day last month, right? But before mm-hmm. we get into that, maybe, you know, for folks who are not familiar with the group and the work that you guys are doing, can you briefly remind us what the Rimba Disclosure Project is all about and what is it that you guys work on? Yes, sure. So the Rimba Disclosure Project is, um, as you know, an independent, non-political forest monitoring initiative, or if you like to call it a watchdog. Um, So we aim to facilitate enhanced transparency on the economic sectors, activities and parties responsible for the loss of Peninsula Malaysia's forests. Mm -hmm. Now, essentially, how we do this is we collate data and we aim to be a centralized source of data for deforestation matters in Peninsula Malaysia. And we make this information more accessible and more understandable, you know, for our rakyat, for the public to make this data informed decisions. So that's kind of uh, what we do now. Okay, all right. So to put it in a in you know very in a nutshell, you do so yeah. much. And the last time we caught up, it was to discuss what's called stop forests for sales, right? Um, maybe you can just quickly remind our listeners uh, what that was about. It was, of course, a survey. Um, yeah, you take it away. Tell us what that was about. Yes. So yeah, we uh, identified forty three thousand five hundred thirty nine hectares of forested land allegedly being sold online last year, mm-hmm. which. This is in, this impacts land within forest reserves. Uh, we're looking at central forest spine habitat linkages and indigenous customary land. And this was through 28 listings on various e-commerce websites um, in 2021. So this is not a small area. Now we're looking at an area nine times the size of Putrajaya or Putrajaya and KL combined. Mm. And the majority of these listings are advertised for conversion to agriculture with a 99-year lease. So what we saw here is, you know, with casual online listings being put up, you know, we're looking at an overall alienation of forests into private land. And we'll, this will essentially lead to reduced state control over forest. And these are, you know, essentially public assets. So of course, that was concerning. And we did that in our previous um, press statement. Yeah. And we've included these findings in our recent um, report uh, on 2021. Uh, in conjunction, like you mentioned, uh, Earth Day. 
Okay, and and you've named it 2021 Deforestation Wrapped, right? And yes. uh, that, yeah, of course, that is the most recent update. And as I mentioned, you collated your data for the year 2021. And um, yeah, Peninsula Malaysia will see deforestation amounting to um, something pretty much the size of Singapore. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Can you elaborate? How exactly did you come to that figure, all of that? Um, yes, of course. Now, of course, you can see this data and we've put the full data and appendix in our social media pages. So that will be linked in our descriptions. Um, for our methodology, let's talk about that. Now, we came to this figure um, basically from consolidating all the available data that we found in 2021. And we did this essentially through three ways. Now, number one, we mentioned the online listing. So we recorded the online listings, which was likely involving forested areas. And then we cited EIAs involving forests, which were approved by the DOE. Mm-hmm. And then we monitored um, secondary sources, um, such as the news, for any ongoing projects involving deforestation, which started in 2021. But I think something we should um, that might be worth mentioning here is perhaps that the EIAs appear to not uh, be available on the DOE's website now. So... Um, I think oh. we and many other others are kind of finding it difficult to get updates on this now. So that's the current situation and the current like progress with everything. Yeah. Okay, and it's it's really quite. I mean, it's a lot to pour through, right? It, it's so much yes. data that you have to. Um, yes, there's a lot to go through, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, Let's talk about the findings then. Um, Can you walk us through, maybe you can share, I don't know, which states are set to face the most deforestation? <laughs> what are your findings? Yeah. Um, I'm sure we have um, some sort of uh, observations of which states might be the top ones. Okay. But um, I guess, okay, you have to bear with me. As you mentioned, it is a lot of data. Mm-hmm. So if we break this down by state, we're looking at Pahang and Kelantan, of course, um, that appears to be top of the list. And our findings for deforestation that's set to occur in Pahang looks at 39,148 hectares. We're looking at Kelantan, which is 21,575 hectares. Perak is 4,044. Terengganu is 3,783. Um, and then it goes on. Then Kedah, 937. Johor, 462 hectares. And then Selangor, 1,295. And then lastly, you have Melaka at 205. Okay. Now, going specifically for the EIAs alone, now this consists of forest plantations, undefined logging, um, palm oil, mining and quarrying, other agriculture and infrastructure. Now, for forest plantations alone, we've seen up to 60 EIAs amounting to 20,181 hectares. And that's followed by, um, you know, five EIAs in undefined loggings, um, six EIAs in palm oil, mining and quarrying with nine EIAs, and other agriculture would be two EIAs and infrastructure four EIAs. There's a lot, I know it's a lot to handle, but yeah, so that's um, on the EIAs alone. And then we're seeing, again, a similar trend mm-hmm. with the states. Now, Pahang and Kelantan are at the top um, with 29 EIAs for Pahang at 11,248 hectares. Kelantan having 34 EIAs um, at 11,164 hectares. And then followed by Perak and then Kedah, Johor, Terengganu, Melaka and then Selangor. Um, but... You see, these are the stats for the states for EIAs alone. Yeah. Okay. So as mentioned, you know, the forest for sale listings, that was 43,539 hectares. That is the forested lands allegedly being sold over the 28 listings. And that also saw Pahang 
uh, first at 27,900 hectares mm. and then Kelantan at 10,411 hectares followed by Terengganu at 3,631, Selangor 264, Perak 202 and then an unknown state for 404. So uh, it's a lot to take in but finally we've come to the one other project that we found and we spotted which is in Selangor mm. um, for 970 hectares. So yeah, that's kind of the overall findings for 2021. It's a lot, but it's yeah. It's a lot, yeah. I mean, basically, again, you know, I mean, there's a lot of figures there, but to help contextualize it, it's basically the size of states that are going to be like full exactly. states that are going to be just cut and and, and yeah. gone, isn't it, right? Mm-hmm. We, we need to have that image. And mm-hmm. you mentioned um, that that project in Slango, and I think it's called the Slango Smart Agro Park Project, am I mm-hmm. correct? Uh, what can you yes. tell us about this? Yeah. Um, okay, so the Selango Smart Agro Park project is okay. an ongoing project which will be, I mean, based on investigations by other NGOs, including Sahaba Alam Malaysia. Um, this involves the loss of 970 hectares of peat swamp forest. Mm. Now, this project aims to be a high technology hub for food security, and they'll grow crops like coconut, banana, chili, like that. But what's more alarming here is that the project is located in a peat swamp forest that's directly adjacent to the Sungai Karang Forest Reserve. And the development here, which had already cleared a number of hectares of forest, it's actually already stopped by the DOE because they didn't have an EIA in September last year. Um, So after that, they came out. Um, Following that, the project proponent reiterated that they will remain committed to implementing the project based on the laws and regulations set by the Selangor government. So what we've taken from that is that there is an intention Mm. to continue the project. So, but of course, we are not too sure with the current project um, progress as of this year itself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's something else. Yeah. I'm not going to make you do it, but basically peat swamp forests are highly um, prized uh, forest um, areas. You know, they provide Mm -hmm. so many ecological services, um, uh, capture carbon, uh, you know, and once degraded, can be a fire hazard. There's so many things linked to peat swamp forests. Am I correct? Yes, there's so many significance. And I think Sahaba Alam Malaysia did a good job at um, covering that and the global significance for peatland biodiversity because it's such a unique ecosystem, you know, that harbors many globally near-threatened and vulnerable and endangered species. So, I mean, I think Sahaba Alam Malaysia did a really good job at that. Okay, all right. Uh, let's just go for one quick break, Abilia. When we come back, let's help listeners understand how these forests mm-hmm. are actually sold and all of that. I'm speaking today to Amelia. She's a spokesperson from the Rimba Disclosure Project. We're talking about their 2021 deforestation wrapped report, which found that a forest area the size of Singapore is set to be cleared here in Peninsula Malaysia. We're going to find out more about that again after this quick break. You're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. Joining me on the line today is Amelia. She's a spokesperson from the Rimba Disclosure Project. Uh, Rimba Disclosure Project is, of course, an independent, non-political forest monitoring initiative which aims to facilitate enhanced transparency on the economic sectors, activities and parties responsible for the loss of Peninsula Malaysia's rainforests. And in their report, uh, in their findings from 2021, they have found that Peninsula Malaysia will see deforestation amounting to a minimum of seven 
272,584.73 hectares in the near future. Again, just to contextualize that, that's about the size of Singapore. So uh, before the break, Amelia was uh, you know, sharing all the different findings. And I, I am just curious, uh, when we hear about these land, these huge tracts of forest being sold, right? I, I guess, you know, some listeners might be curious, or I'm very curious as well, um, how, how they're actually sold, you know? I mean, who are the people selling them? How is it available? Uh, what is the sort of processes involved? Okay. Um, well, these are the questions, isn't it? Yeah. So with, with the specific property listing sites, I think what we can say is that it does seem like, of course, you need to register an account and then make these listings. So they're mostly property agents, which most likely don't know much about all these or what they're actually selling, I would say. But you see, with the, the process to purchase, the requirements, the necessary conditions. Now, these are all things that perhaps could have been addressed in an investigation by the relevant authorities. And I think that's why we essentially, um, us and 28 other NGOs, called for an investigation in our previous joint press statement. So um, some of these listings say that the land has been approved for conversion to palm oil. Mm. Now, rubber or whichever commodity. And we expect that the approval has come from the Jabatan Tanah um, Dangalian. But this does not include a requisite EIA approval from the DOE. So in any case, the whole process is not exactly transparent. Um, so that's kind of the situation now. But of course, we do uh, implore our relevant uh, authorities to actually clarify this. And that's why the investigation was called upon. Okay, so, so we don't quite know what are the sort of processes to purchase then, right? Like what requirements are, re- are needed to be met, those sorts of things, conditions that need to be fulfilled. We're not quite clear on those things. Mm-hmm. It'll be great for them to clarify those. And then, um, but we are, we do know that, you know, in any case, this is actually um, not really transparent, you know, so sure. it'd be great to have a bit more clarification on those points. Okay. All right. Um, loud and clear. I get what you're trying to say. <laughs> and of course, you know, I mean, in your press statement itself, you said that you find these uh, findings very, very troubling. Um, I mean, for various obvious reasons, but maybe you can help lay them out for us. Um, I guess, firstly, the overall problems with deforestation, we can't really, you know, we have to address those. Now, bulldozing of true forests is obviously inconsistent with Malaysia's pledge to maintain 50% of um, our total land mass as forest cover, as well as um, our commitment under the Glasgow Leaders Declaration of Forest and Land Use. Now that's on um, halting and reversing forest loss and land degradation by 2030, and also our responsibilities to prioritize climate action and under the Paris Agreement. Now this all can't be, um, you know, it's inconsistent when you are just bulldozing through our forests. Mm. Then you have Peninsula Nation now. We have a forest cover of only 43%, you know. So obviously this is uh, something that's also very concerning to us. And deforestation is difficult to justify at this point in Malaysia's economic and social development, you know. So, um, you know, we're looking at the beginning of the climate crisis. We're looking at the biodiversity crisis. This is time for us to take action. And even just recently um, came out that the UN found the world is... Uh, what they called it, measurably closer to exceeding the 1.5 degree threshold, at least one year between 2022 or 2026. But what this means for us is that we are nearing our global climate limits already and action is urgently required now. So obviously when these things are happening, you know, when forests are being sold um, very casually and all these things, we we need to address them with urgency. 
and you know deforestation and the deterioration of um, ecosystem services. This overall, we're going to talk about this more. I think is a huge risk to our economy. I mean, it's no doubt that this will jeopardize our overall economic development, mm-hmm. and this will con- we can't just do that and continue to conduct business as usual. So that is the general concerns and um, the problems with deforestation. But another thing that's more troubling, that's more specifically to our concerns on the EIAs, is that while we are concerned by our EIA of the like all the EIA approvals for deforestation, we're particularly concerned about forest plantations and this is for a number of reasons now forest plantations in forest reserves involve the leveling of natural forests and we're looking at conversion of land to a monocrop plantation so this so-called loophole would allow for plantations for commodities like rubber and durian and all this to be counted as forest reserves now that's not exactly um that is not exactly great and unlike Malaysia's natural forest which can host over how much like 200 species of trees per hectare you see forest plantations are only going to hold one species and this will affect um, the ability to support our biodiversity to sequester carbon to mitigate floods now this all will be a problem to the wider economy as a whole so with forest plantations we're also supposed to just involve it's supposed to only involve the conversion of degraded forests but i think if you might know already makaranga covered this uh, really well so they found that the threshold used to define degraded forests is actually high so what this means is that in practice uh, forest plantations can actually involve the loss of relatively high quality forests that's that's really alarming yeah. and makaranga also found and they did a great job to look into this and they found that forest plantations are an unproven business model and they're also financially unsustainable so if you know we find that the, we're finding that significant tracts of land are supposedly being cleared for forest plantations are actually not being replanted and makaranga i think they did a great job on this so but of course, um, despite all these findings, the government has allocated, you know, another 500 million ringgit for the forest plantation development program. So that's something to look into, I guess. But um, another quick highlight, maybe that's also another part of our concerns is, well, going back to the forest for sale. Mm-hmm. Now this, we're finding this alone amounts to nine times the size of Putrajaya, you know. This is these things that they are described as virgin and virgin forest up for sale. You see, why why is that a selling point? So just reiterating um, our previous joint press statement and how that's going to be, um, you know, an issue in and we covered that in our current press statement. So the authorities should definitely look into this. Yeah, because it, se- it seems strange, isn't it? On one hand, you know, on the international level, we're making all these pledges, but, you know, back exactly. home, it's quite a different story, isn't it? Um, it's the implementation, as we mentioned, yeah. Yeah, as we <laughs> always say, it's the implementation that uh, everything looks beautiful on paper and then it's not quite implemented. Um, exactly. y- you mentioned that, you know, um, and also the last time we were talking about, you know, all these demands that you made uh, mm-hmm. for the authorities, right? Um Maybe you want to remind us, you know, uh, what those demands were and perhaps uh, have you heard anything? Were any of them addressed at all? Well, um, 
Regarding our previous joint press statement, I think, unfortunately, there was that one Selangor Forestry Department response on the misreported article, and we did yeah. mention that in our, our previous interview. But um, for this current 2021 wrapped, unfortunately, there wasn't any official press statement or any official response as far as we're aware, um, which is, is kind of, you know, why? Because everybody was talking about that. I think this was a big um, a talking point with everyone this round. And um, for specifically for the forest for sale joint press statement, what we demanded, um, just to summarize, I think we demanded for the authorities to investigate the online advertising of the vast tracts of forest and to also publicly report these results in their investigation to the right yet. I think that would be good for transparency. And what we also demanded was that for the state governments to ensure that the relevant laws, the relevant policies and conservation practices are being respected um, based on our pledges and our commitments, as we mentioned just now. And um, also for them to even look into the principle of protecting forests to safeguard against climate change, even if it's within legal means. So that's something that we also called for, for them to investigate. And we also called for property listing sites, you know, it, it's enabled by them. So they should consider it their ethical responsibility to fight against any environmental destruction and to scrutinize listings a bit more and to make sure that they're compliant with national laws, um, environmental priorities, and also indigenous rights that are, you know, have to be upheld. So, but instead we are seeing uh, more and more listings actually of forests for sale. Now, if you go online, you can, you know, just come across them even in this year itself. So, you know, that's the current situation. Unfortunately, not much progress there. Okay, and it's it's quite uh, it's quite shocking, right? Because you know you've you've got everything there. You know, in your appendix, everything is listed. There, companies' names, um, how much land. You know, everything mm -hmm. is there. Uh, it's not like you're you haven't done you know half of the work or maybe three quarters of the work already. So it, yeah. it's 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 a bit uh, troubling, I suppose, to put it mildly. Why um, there has been no official sort of response to all mm -hmm. of this. Um, yeah. But yeah, here we are. Um, and, and there's something that's really interesting uh, from your press statement as well. Um, you rightly pointed out that all of this deforestation that's happening would not be possible without the support of the financial industry. Am I correct? Um, maybe you can explain uh, what you're calling on them to do in terms of um, yeah, in, in best practices or perhaps some recommendations for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. His, firstly, it's no doubt why um, the, the, the theme of this year's of day is to invest in our planet. I think that's a good angle that we should look into. And we're finding that Malaysian banks have not really been acting on deforestation since only two banks actually have policies on deforestation. But even those two banks, um, which do have policies, are not fully transparent on their implementation. So we should look into that. So with that, um, to achieve a more, I think what I'd say, a more whole of economy approach mm. and to close these loopholes, we have to call upon the financial system to recognize to to and recognize these connections you know between biodiversity and the climate crisis and by that they have to urgently end all financial flows towards deforestation because let's face it that's how these projects are uh, coming about so more specifically i think we're asking them to just increase the scope of esg sectoral policies beyond palm oil and to scrutinize increasing forest risk activities such as for forest plantations that like we mentioned, yeah. and to place all these activities which will result in uh, loss of forest to an absolute exclusion list, even if such activities have been approved by the government. 
So it's up to them now. And this means that those activities cannot be just financed in any other way, any other shape or form, you know. Mm. And with that, they can, um, the next one we uh, are asking them to do is to, to just stop all financial services, support and insurance to deforestation linked companies. So the transactions, the sale of trade of forested lands, this all goes beyond banks and giving money to deforestation linked companies to cover other ways that they support uh, deforestation, how, how they can go about that. So being public with that is also quite important. So if they could publicly disclose their project, uh, the, their progress on addressing the biodiversity crisis. So, so everyone knows uh, what exactly is going on. That would be very good. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so okay. those are those are why we are specifically like calling upon. Okay, all right. And I mean, uh, the, there was a speech that you cited as well in, in your press mm-hmm. statement, right? And that's uh, the Bank Negara Malaysia Governor, Nor Samsia Muhammad Yunus, who mm-hmm. said that, and I'm quoting here, nature-related risks are already presenting a significant threat to our economies and society that can no longer be ignored. So there yeah. you have it, you know, from yeah. our <laughs> our <laughs> national... Our, exactly, yeah. our own people. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so that speech uh, was made during the launch of BNM. VNM's report on nature-related financial risk in Malaysia. Mm. Now, this report is the first of its kind, and it explored the links between natural health and the financial system in Malaysia, which is which is amazing. I mean, it's, it's great that it's coming from our own institutions, you know, central bank, and right? Yeah, exactly. So the government constantly argues that deforestation is required for economic development. You see, but what? But the the BNM report finds that in the context of um, this year and moving forward, deforestation is actually counterproductive to development. So the report found that in uh, Malaysia, a lot of our economic activities are actually directly or indirectly dependent on nature and its ecosystem services. So I think we mentioned ecosystem services. So this is a key term here. So what ecosystem services essentially means is that the benefits that these ecosystems provide, so this includes regulating services um, such as flood and temperature regulation, uh, provisioning services such as water. You see, for example, we're looking at um, our palm oil industry. So it depends heavily on water flows yeah, mm. for irrigation, which are provided by the intact forests. And our communities are dependent on these intact forests to prevent floods and landslides which damage property. So this degradation of ecosystem services would actually pose a risk to the financial system and the wider economy. We're looking at physical risks that could emerge from the deterioration and loss of these ecosystem services that companies are depending on to operate. And then we're looking at the transition risks, which consists of sudden changes in policy, sudden changes in technology and consumer preferences in response to these nature laws. And this can have substantial impact, you know, on the economic and the financial and even the reputational position of companies and their banks. So by lending um, to sectors and to depend heavily on these at-risk ecosystem services um, through supporting companies which have an impact on nature, the financial system is actually exposing the whole country um, to financial risk. So I think it's great that the BNM uh, report actually cited the World Bank study that found um, that in a worst case scenario of partial ecosystem collapse, mm-hmm. Malaysia could actually experience a 6% annual GDP loss by 2013. So that's 
that's very alarming. And the key takeaway here is that, you know, with intact forests, there are not non-productive, you know, intact forests are not non-productive spaces. So if the Malaysian government and financial system at this point in time really want to protect our economy, they need to prioritize the protection of our forests and not just green light or profit off any destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what we have to say. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's not look at the short-term profits, isn't it? We really need to take the long-term look at this and you would think financial uh, institutions would have that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so there's all of this information out there. Um, and again, you know, it's not it's not like it's not out there. Everything is there. You've just helped everybody collate yeah. it and, and, and present it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you like the public to get involved? Can we get involved and how? Of course, everybody should get involved. And I think firstly, you can just talk about it you know, start the conversation, spread the word about deforestation. I think not many people just want to casually talk about these deforestation issues we have. So talk to your families, um, talk to your friends, your co-workers about the dangers of it and how it will essentially impact you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing, more proactive thing that you can do is that you can contact your banks directly. You know, you are a customer, you are a consumer. So you can urge them to take action on these climate and biodiversity issues and pressure them and ask questions, you know, as a customer to stop financing such activities and to shift all these capital flows to, you know, essentially climate solutions. And another thing you can do more towards our government is that you can contact your MPs and just tell them to take action in parliament. You know, we can work together to draft new laws, new regulations, which will... uh, essentially outlaw deforestation in the future and protect indigenous rights. And since they are also often the ones, you know, guarding our biodiversity on the ground, you know, so we have to, in that being said, we have to stand. I think everyone, how the public can also help is to stand in solidarity, you know, with the indigenous communities because um, they have, they're the ones that are essentially impacted by this um, on the forefront. So, you know, yeah. Um, volunteering even with NGOs and environmental organizations, that would be a great way to, you know, put your work and, and try to get involved in making this, like, not a problem. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the problem is, you know, um, we are so detached from the situation, right? Like you said, you know, the indigenous and the local communities, they are the ones at the forefront. You know, they are already experiencing the effects of uh, deforestation, loss of land, and they are seeing the impacts of the biodiversity loss crisis, of the climate crisis. Um, Maybe you can just, you know, just as a closing, uh, remind Malaysians why we should take an interest in this, why we must care about this sort of level of deforestation that's happening right in our country. And we're just talking about Peninsula Malaysia. Here. We haven't even touched exactly. Sabah and Sarawak, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, I think just yeah, just summarizing everything, the, the amount of forest just being cut down is huge. We're looking at nearly the size of Singapore, you know, like that's not a small amount. And based on our uh, latest data from the RDP deforestation map, which you can have a pilot view on it on our website, um, this is between 2017 and 2020 itself in um, Peninsula Malaysia. So here they've cut, you know, five hectares of forest an hour or even 115 hectares of forest every day now that's that's crazy to think about and that's like cutting down an area of the size of you know uh, Bukit Gasing every day for four years straight you know so these are things that you know we have to take our initiative to look into and deforestation compounds the impacts of 
you know, biodiversity. Mm-hmm. You know, the biodiversity crisis is here and this is going to impact our economic development, our livelihoods and our communities. It essentially impacts you at the end of the day. So deforestation will worsen, you know, the impacts of climate change as well. So we're already hitting, we're already hitting a climate emergency. So, you know, we see with the recent floodings as well. So that's something that everyone should um, be looking into and why you should care about this level of deforestation happening in our country. So, you know, it also affects our communities. You see the flooding, the in more rural areas, we're looking at deforestation threatening um, the rights of our fellow Malaysians. You know, for example, the indigenous communities that we mentioned, you know, they're, they're, we're depriving them of their rights to customary territory, their rights to their livelihoods, and even their rights to health, you know, like, for example, that time in uh, 2019, you know, 15 batik or asli in Kelantan died of a so-called unknown illness, yeah. which was, uh, you know, said to be tied to a decline in communities, in the communities, like, overall health and immunity because of the conversion of the surrounding land to palm oil. Yeah. and a manganese mine and a logging. So human rights issues also play a part. And these are obviously apparent in Peninsular Malaysia as well, not just other countries over here as well. And everyone should look into it. And this is why Malaysians should be concerned because at the end of the day, Malaysia is a rainforest country. So the rainforest is the foundation of our country. And it is integral. It's important to us, you know, it's, to us as a, our, as a nation. So this is not just in terms of economic you know, um, points or economic reliance, but we're also looking at our identity, you know, mm-hmm. uh, our cultural practices, our food, our religion. So removing the rainforest from Malaysia, you know, losing that would be like removing the desert from Egypt, you know, <laughs> or the Himalayas from Nepal. So we need to save what we have left. And I think the time is now, there's no time to waste. So we have to benefit both ourselves and the world if we look into this as together as our right yeah okay all right and again you know a good way to start like you said check out your speak to your financial institutions you know go through their esg uh, commitments call out anything that you know might not be uh, congruous in that sense right you know what they're saying and what they're doing those are good ways to start isn't it especially with the corporates mm-hmm. who are funding these uh, these projects um thank you so much uh, amelia for joining me today and just before i let you go uh, where can the public go to you know find out more you know access all those uh, reports that you mentioned all of that yeah, thank you, Judith, for having us today as well. Well, firstly, you can go to Rainbow Disclosure Project. We have reports every month of um, deforestation. We call it data. And we are piloting um, several different things on our website, uh, Deforestation Map. So this you can also look into raw data on Global Forest Watch. That will be very good. But obviously, um, this will be analyzed on our website soon. So you can just go there as well. But also, you other like NGOs are doing really good work. And um, we can even look at Makaranga, you know, like we mentioned, they're mm-hmm. looking doing really, really good um, stories and articles on environmental issues in Malaysia. Um, Sahaba Alam Malaysia is doing a good job and Kwasa and also for more indigenous community rights, you can look into Centre for Asli Concerns. So these are everything is available out there. Take the initiative, go and read about and explore and understand what's happening. Yeah, the next time you're caught in a flood, the next time you're saying, hey, it's really hot, it's getting hotter than usual. What's happening? Everything has a link to deforestation. You can find your answers here. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Amelia, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Amelia, who is a representative or a spokesperson from the Rimba Disclosure Project. Again, just search for Rimba Disclosure Project. They have a Wix site, rimbadisclosure.wixsite.com, or follow them on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, those three. Am I correct? 
Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Just follow them there. Everything you've got infographics, you know, you've even simplified all the data into infographics. It's really easy to digest. Just go and find out more. And if you miss any part of today's interview, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my slash earth, or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.